Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, we debated shutting the podcast down after last week's result, um, but it's taken us a week and we're here. Barely. Barely. We're still pretty reluctant about doing this podcast. We hate the team, everything stands for. We hate football. But we love our loyal listeners. I know. And that's why we're here. We know we're the only thing keeping you through this, this <laughs> dark, dark, dark phase. How the hell do we lose that game? I don't know. I really don't. And But it was not even just that we lost. It was the manner in which we lost. Yeah. You know, just not turning up, not tackling, no pressure. Just the players were just wandering around on the field just aimlessly. Amateur mistakes. Amateur mistakes. Bernie Vince, Vince missing a shot from 20 metres. That. Ugh. Oh. Those four behinds in the second quarter when we really could have started to put pressure on Collingwood and start to get ourselves back in the game. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, but the really, this is a pretty spectacular achievement on Melbourne's behalf, making it to ninth from the position that we were in. Because all we really needed to do, even if we properly beat Brisbane, you know, by 35 to 40 points, yeah. we still would have made it. Absolutely. Yeah, the Brisbane game's where we lost it, I feel. Completely. I mean, the second that we were up by like 30 points with 10 minutes to go and then just completely took the feet off the pedal. It's so Melbourne. And I don't know, usually after a loss and after falling apart, I'm okay a couple of days later. It's taken me the whole week. This is I'm this was a brutal flat. this was a brutal brutal loss and a yeah. brutal going out to West Coast. Oh, oh, such a shit team. So average. They're terrible. They're really terrible. They're not terrible. No, they're but terrible. They're, just, they're shocking. Look, at least they beat people beneath them, you know, <laughs> which yeah. is something that we've not managed to do. We beat them with like no team. Completely. And with Tom McDonald kicking five goals. Yeah. On their home deck. Unbelievable. And this week we lose to Collingwood with our whole team minus Finey. Collingwood, nothing to play for, like no Pendlebury, no Reed. No Reed, no Pendlebury, no Reed, but no, no Greenwood, Wells. no Wells. Yeah. Like literally no team, basically. Yeah. I think no, no um, Dugowie. Yeah. No Fasolo. No like Fisolo. literally their entire, it's basically their reserves team. I know. And players like Mason Cox were like dominating up forward. Ugh. We're really good at, like, resurrecting other people's careers, don't you think? Like, people play really well against us, you know? Like, we're the only team that makes, like, Dylan Buckley look like Patrick Dangerfield (laughs) and, like, Mason... Mitchington. Mitchington, that's right. Back in the day, it used to be Kent Kingsley. Looked like Adam Trelaw. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think it was Goodwin's fault? Could he have done something differently? You know, I do have to say that... There's something to be said for the fact that all year we've started so poorly, Hmm. particularly against teams that are weaker than us, and... You know, every single week, Goodwin keeps coming out and saying, we need to start well, we need to start well. But, I mean, the message isn't getting through. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's Goodwin's fault, but there's something, there's some disconnect. Something's not working. Something's not working. And it's like, it's like this is, I know you don't like it when I keep bringing up the suspensions issue, but, yeah. I mean, it's it's the same thing, right? I mean, every week, Goodwin came out and was like, look, we're not, people need to be more disciplined. And yet... We, people just kept getting suspended. And so, I mean, there is something going on where the message just isn't getting through to the players. I know, but at least with the suspensions, I could imagine in the heat of the moment, you know, you're flying in, you're trying to be hard, you maybe go over the line. What I don't understand is a quarter like this where I don't think we laid a quarter uh, tackle for the first 10 minutes. It was outrageous. It was just appalling. It was outrageous. It was really appalling. And, and it's hard to, I mean, I'm sure Goodwin before the game would have said, we need to start well, we need to get on top early. Um, because then, you know, we'll be able to put him away. I mean, he must, he would have said that. And surely, I mean, they know that, you know, Collingwood had been playing well with their reserves team yeah. over the past, you know, fortnight before the game. They've been one of the form teams that comp, really. Weirdly, yeah. And so, I mean, 
they, they knew that this wasn't going to be a walkover. This wasn't just the type of game that you could walk into, you know, and then yeah. get a, you know, sort of switch off for the first couple of minutes and then come back hard, like maybe against Brisbane. You know, this was a real, this was a team that was actually playing well and actually managed to draw with Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not going to spend too much time on the game because it is garbage. Losing to Collingwood, the West Coast result. I mean, I, I think after losing to Collingwood, I knew I we weren't knew. going to make it. I knew. I could just sense that this was going to be... Everyone was sort of quite optimistic. I think you yeah. were quite optimistic. I was not optimistic. No. I, I knew what was going to happen because West Coast had everything to play for. Adelaide had nothing to play for. Especially when, Geelong, especially when Geelong beat GWS. Right. And they knew that they had the minor premiership sewn up. Right. You know, they had absolutely nothing to play for. Yeah. So, you look at the wreckage of this, um, and you have to ask the question, was this season a failure? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, people keep saying that, look, if you looked at what your expectations would be at the start of the year, and the injuries we had, the suspensions and all of that, um, you wouldn't judge the season a failure. But I disagree, you know. I mean, I think as the season progressed, like any team that's in the eight for majority of the year, and it was even as high as fifth at one point, and ends up finishing ninth, you've got to judge it as a failure. I think so too. But I mean, the hard thing is, if we look back at the start of the season and we'd have known that Hogan would have played a handful of games, Gorn would have been out for much of the season, half our midfield would have been knocked out, Watts would have been in and out of the team and out of form, there's no way I would have thought we would have made the finals with that. And yeah. then to miss out on like just the edge of percentage. So that's the weird thing about the season. Yeah, but it's I agree. Not- if we look at this eight weeks ago, this is... One of the biggest disasters an I can remember failure. as a Melbourne fan. Yeah. But I do think that you've got to sort of, I mean, as the season progressed, you've got to, you've got to change your expectations, you know. You yeah. don't just, like, hold yourself to the same expectations you had at the start of the season. Right. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere as a team, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, the reality is, is this is a team that just cannot handle pressure and cannot handle external noise and expectation. And honestly, this is a team that played worse with a full team. Weirdly. Yeah. Honestly, our best We were really wins. good when we were depleted and yeah. cobbling together goals from Tom McDonald and Pedersen. Yeah, and, and Bug. And, and like, Bug. And just you know, just and randos. milkshakes. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, that's the thing. You look at our list, and I was so excited before the Colony game because so I'm like, we've finally got our whole list together. Right. You know, we're just going to steamroll them, walk into the finals, and it's going to be, you know, yeah, we're going to be happy as Larry. But, you know, unfortunately not. Okay, so the season, I think a failure, but I think a slight failure. There are definitely uh, positives. I mean, Nates, you've got to say, so we've broken some pretty big hoodoos. Some, not North Melbourne, weirdly. Yeah. And that has now been the difference between us making finals and losing finals. I know. That sucks. But, it sucks. All right, we'll get to the negatives. Okay. <laughs> There's plenty of negatives. But, okay, the, we broke the St Kilda hoodoo. That's true, twice. Twice. Um, Eddie had. Eddie had. We're now a really good team at Eddie had, That's weirdly. Um, West Coast. Amazing win. On the home deck. Yeah, we haven't done that for forever. Um, I mean, Adelaide wasn't really at Hoodoo, but it was still an incredible win. It was. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's some pretty pretty big Back-to-back things. Back-to-back wins. We have, like, patches of yeah. consistency. Yeah, yeah, number of wins in a row. I don't yeah. think we've won four in a row since, like, 2006 or something. God, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so, and look, some of the individual performances as well yeah. have got to be, you know, recognised. So, Clary, I mean, incredibly stiff not to even make the All-Australian squad. Did I or did I not say before the season, he's going to be our best midfielder by the end of this season. I think I said that Jack Miney would be, but yeah, you're yeah. right. But I mean, to be fair, Jack was also out injured. But Fine. Clary excuses, is excuses, been, excuses, excuses, excuses. No, no, that was a good call. But, I'm proud of that. Yeah, Clary has just been a star. Clary is And he's just gotten better and better. And, yeah. you know, look, we have a future Brownlow medalist on our hands, which is pretty good. Do you think he was unlucky not to make the All-Australian Yeah, team? absolutely. 
Absolutely. Look at his statistics. I mean, they were doing a statistical comparison between Clary and Zach Merritt and any of the other midfielders, like Matt Crouch and stuff, and Clary's way ahead. Depends what you mean by statistics, though. I mean, I actually honestly don't think he deserved to make it this year. Really? Even the All-Australian squad? Well, I mean, maybe the squad. Definitely not the team. I mean, the problem was... I think he deserved to make the squad. The problem was with Clary is I think he still hasn't got the confidence or maybe hasn't been instructed enough to, to kick more. And to be a bit more damaging with his disposal. Like, he's this contested animal. But he's uh, a good kick. It's not like he's he, a he terrible a good kick, kick, but he just doesn't kick that much. Yeah. You, you look at his statistics in so many games, it's like five kicks and 25 handballs. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with handball. Someone needs to do it. But I feel like we didn't get the whole the whole deal with him. Whereas someone like Merrick is so damaging. By foot. By foot. Yeah. No, I agree. So I, I think that. it was kind of... It is fair enough to me that he didn't make it, but I'm also certain that next year he'll be... Oh, I think he's going to explode. Yeah. 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 So that's exciting. Pig, recruit of the year. Recruit of the year, fantastic. Not great in the last game. Oh, he was terrible. Shocking not to bring it up again, but very worthy All-Australian and pretty thrilled for what he's going to bring to the team in the long term. That was a brilliant recruit. Excellent pickup. Him and Milkshakes. We really rated Essendon nicely. We did, but Milkshakes really came good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milkshakes was the Iceman. He was a clutch milkshake. He was clutch milkshakes. It used to be Tommy Bug, and then Tommy Bug, uh, uh, I forgot how to kick. We won't talk about him. Um, the big ped. Oh, Karen. We're not going to make this whole episode about ped. Aren't we? We're not going to. But David King on uh, the broadcast last weekend described him as the best second ruck in the competition, which I think is indisputable, isn't it? I can't really think who he's competing with. No, I can't uh, either. But he's, I can't <laughs> think of like... He's beating Mason Cox. Yeah. <laughs> He's beating um, Magic Door. Oh, that's something, I guess. <laughs> no, um, he had a, you have to say he had a phenomenal he season. He did have a good season, and particularly when we were down and out and we had no Gorn, he really stepped up to the plate. But even with Gorn, the last few weeks, yeah. right, the game against Brisbane, even against Collingwood, I mean, I think that moment where he ran back with the flight and got crunched, yeah. that should have inspired us to come I back. I know, and unfortunately not. It did not. But I, A and B, I thought he was a bit of a highlight. He really yeah. did improve this season. He's Particularly the first half of the year. He was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I think he's probably faded a little bit. But. You know, he still does his couple of things in games that make you really scratch your head. But, yeah. you know, in general, he's come leaps and bounds, particularly when we had a really depleted midfield. Yeah. When Viney and Jones and Tyson were out. Right. I mean, I thought he really stepped up to the plate. Yeah. I think he was very good. Harm showed a lot. Harm showed a lot. A bit, bit up and down. A bit of class, A bit, bit inconsistent, but he's, he's shown it. Yeah. Bit. A lot of our fringe players have really elevated themselves. Yeah, they have. Actually, and that's a huge positive. That is. Even someone like, I know this is a, a tough one to say for most supporters, but Oscar McDonald. Oh, gosh. He, he frustrates the hell out of me, but he's clearly improved. No, he definitely has improved. He definitely has improved. He doesn't have as many blunders in games. Yeah. I think he's become a very solid defender. I mean, I still am not convinced that he's in our best 22 when we become really good. I agree. But he improved. Frost, I think, had an excellent first half of the season. Um, it would be really interesting to see what they do with Frost. I mean, yeah. is he, he's still out of contract, you know. I know. It sounds as if they're probably going to put him on the trade table and see how they go. Which I think is really short-sighted. Yeah, I think he's I'm got not... a lot more upside than Oscar. I agree with that. Oscar's a better player right now because he's just a little bit more reliable. But, but Frost is a really great athlete. Yeah. And he's really lightning quick and could really, you know, bring something different to our backline. We need someone in the future that can play on the buddies of the world. Yeah. And Oscar won't be able to do that. I'm not sure if Sam Frost can do that either, to be honest. Well, but at least, at least he's got the physical attributes yeah. to be able to. he's a big dude. Yeah, so they're good. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a decent number of positives. All right, now to, to the negatives. Okay, the negatives. By popular demand, the negatives. <laughs> there's so many. Where so, do you begin? So, injuries. I mean, look, the, the, like, the long and short of it is, is we haven't had much luck by way of injuries this season. Right. You know, Hogan, you know, with his devastating year... 
Gus, Jones, Viney, yeah. you know, Gorn. It's just, you know, Salem, Watts. Like, it hasn't been... No one's really had that much continuity in their year. Right. You're right. That's been a huge negative. Um, early in the year, suspensions was a big problem. Oh, that was just ridiculous. And look, JLT, you know, Jordan Lewis, Yeah. I think he's really justified his recruitment towards the end of the year right. when he started to, I thought, really assert himself on the team. But yeah, we were very sceptical Particularly when he got himself suspended for three games in his yeah. second game for the club. Jeez. And we lost all three of them. Right. And you would have said, you know, had he been in the team, we would have had, you know, a little bit more composure when it came to those under-pressure moments in, like, the Fremantle game and I stuff. Know. And you think back to those narrow losses Ugh. and anyway, we won't go into that, but, yeah. Um, that was a negative. I mean, I think, to me, Gorn was a negative. Um, well, obviously, injured, injured, obviously so injury interrupted, but when he came back, he just looked like a shadow of the player. I think that's right. Was. But I think he'll lift this preseason. I mean, he knows that, you know, he'll have a full preseason and he'll hopefully get back to what he was. Because he did have some games where he was excellent. You know, the Port game, I thought he really did... Yeah. Beat Ryder. Um, the, he was good against GWS. He was good against GWS when no one else was good against GWS. Right. But he, he struggled against in some of the really crucial games really late in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it was a concern that he gave away so many free kicks. Uh, it's almost I like, mean, that, that's not an injury issue. Clearly, that's like a technical issue. Yeah, but at the same time, Paddy Ryder was giving away like a ton of free kicks to Jordan Ruffett in the Bulldogs game, right? And Paddy yeah. Ryder was all Australian this year. I mean, it's yeah. not... I don't really think that's any, got anything to do with him. It got to do with the fact that the interpretation of the rules has changed. Right. But yeah, I think I think it'll be really interesting to see how Gordon goes next year. Because the one thing I will say, this is maybe a bit cynical and Melbourne-like, but it, it is quite common that you'll have Ruckman have this breakout year and then not really excel after that. Yeah, like Mark Jamer. Like Mark Jamer. Uh, I mean, he was a good player, but yeah, he had one awesome year. Um, who else? Big like Russian. a big Ivan Maric. Yeah. Um, he was another one. Uh, who was some of the well, other ones? Well, even like Toddy Goldstein. Todd I mean, Goldstein. He, was, he was at the top of his game for a couple of years, and now, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're going to do anything to try and trade him. Right. There's a handful of Ruckman, like Sandilands and Jacobs, that just seem to be consistent. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing for Gordon will be whether he can sustain well, that Well, fingers level. crossed. I mean, we, we need him to. We need him to. Um, Vince, I think, was a bit of a downer this year. Yeah, I think that's right, particularly with the suspensions. I yeah. mean, that's just as a starting point. I mean, every game you just kind of thought, oh, is he going to get rubbed out next week? I mean, it's just it's just overkill, really. I also think he's just playing the wrong role. I think he should be a tagger, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think he's good at that. He's kind of like, he's a bit annoying. He kind of Ruffins always scraps away. Yeah. As a halfback, I mean, he he still uses the ball reasonably well for the most part. Yeah, but he's he not getting enough of the kicks. ball. I know. I mean, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Vince. Yeah. I think they'll give him another contract, do you think? I think he deserves another year. I mean, he's a leader, but I don't. I think it'll be his last year. I also don't know if he'll be playing that many AFL games next year. No, I think he could be a bit like Scott Thompson. Yeah, um, just kind of in and out. Which seems a bit harsh because he was so sort of instrumental with Melbourne becoming a better team. I mean, yeah. a few years ago, I remember that Collingwood game where he kicked like five goals and was just awesome. Yeah, and you know, it's it's it, and won the best in Paris. And it seems a bit unfair that you know. They sort of got him to the club when the club was rebuilding, and now that the club's rebuilt, he right. might not be there to see the success. It is rough. It is rough. Yeah, and I hope he gets to play a final or not. Yeah. Uh, because look at Adelaide now. Yeah, Jesus. exactly, exactly. But then you sort of ask yourself, you're like, maybe Adelaide did the right thing. I mean, they got, got Matt Crouch out of him. Right. He's All-Australian he's, now. He's a gun. Yeah. He's a gun. Yeah. The trade looked good for us originally. You know, but I think it probably was good for us originally, right? We needed Vince more than we another We really young needed midfielder. Vince yeah. more than another young midfielder, you know, and yeah. you can't underestimate the influence he probably did have over the, over around the club yeah. and, and building a culture. Um, it's just, you know, I mean, the 
the trade probably was a win-win for both clubs, right? Because we needed him to sort of get us to rise up the ladder again. Yeah. But it's just unfortunate that now we're getting on the cusp. He might not be there to see the fruits of it. I think that's right. Um, for me, the biggest disappointment of the year was Dean Kent. It was really sad. I really thought he was going to take another step this yeah. year. And look, maybe he just had a bad year. Um, injuries. I'm hopeful. He had, he had some injuries, but I don't think it was just the injuries. It when was he, the drinking was playing, problems. And... Oh, yeah, the drinking issue. But that was like five players. Yeah. Time, wasn't it? He just, I don't know what happened to him. I still believe in him. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, he's got some pace. I think he adds a lot to our forward line. Like in that Collingwood game, we just really seem to lack some zip in our yeah. forward line. And a, and, a, and a fit Kent, I think, would have given us that. I agree. I do like him. I do like him. I think he just needs to have a good preseason and hopefully come back. Well, it's his last chance. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, on the topic of list management, yeah. Kieran, the list manager, how do we fix this list? I mean, it's not going to be rocket science. We've got two gaping holes, Yeah. I think, which is we need a, a replacement Ask McDonald. <laughs> Not that you're trying to get rid of Oscar McDonald no, too quickly. I mean, Oscar's totally fine, but if we're going to be a gun team, you need someone a bit better than him, I think. So do you think a person by the name of Jakey Lever might be a good option? <laughs> Lever Le- would be amazing. Lever would be amazing. And it so, sounds like we're going to get him. Well, I mean, Mark Robinson, even though... <laughs> what a reliable... What a reliable source, seems to think that he's ha- has a verbal agreement with Melbourne. Right. Right, right, right. I'm, not I'm sure, sure he was in the room listening to this verbal agreement. <laughs> well, he thinks he's heard from eight sources that uh, Lever's coming to Melbourne. I see, I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Lever would be amazing. Yeah. He'd be phenomenal. But does he... I wonder if he'd solve our key defender problem. You know, I don't necessarily think he does, but I think that... Because he's an intercept player more than anything. But you know what I do think he does, though? We don't need necessarily a key defender who can just completely demolish, you know, a Ben Brown or a you know jo- Jared Ruffett or any of these big players. But we just, that wouldn't hurt. I mean, that wouldn't hurt. But at the same time, what we need at the moment is just to sort of halve their influence on a game. You know, we need someone who can actually make a contest and to sort of, you know, outmark some of these players, at least on a couple of occasions. Because yeah. at the moment, I mean, you look at some of our losses and it's pretty just been on the back of the fact that we just can't do anything about these big key forwards. Yeah. You know, they just outmark us all the time. So, I mean, even if you reduce, like, Ben Brown to two goals a game or, you know, Jared Rufford to a couple of goals a game instead of, like, five goals, but you're suggesting, still a pretty good you're outcome. suggesting Lever wouldn't play on them but would be, like, a third man I mean, I assume he's probably similar to what he does at the moment at Adelaide, right? right. Like, I mean, Daniel Talia takes the big key, key forwards and he's yeah. sort of the intercept player. But, that, but that's helpful. You know, yeah. that's not – it's not like that's not really helpful. I think that's right. I honestly think – Lever is just a better version of Tom McDonald. I think that's actually his role. So what I would like, what I see our backline as being, is Sam Frost keeps developing, takes the, the Ben Brown, the, yeah. the big player. Lever plays the second tall. Yeah. And Tom McDonald switches. So he plays the third defender if we are playing a team with lots of talls. Yeah. Or he plays in the forward line. If yeah. We're, if we're, I think, to me, that's the kind of balance. Yeah, I think that's And, and Oscar, right. um, you know, He's is depth. Yeah, is <laughs> depth. He's depth. <laughs> I mean, I probably agree with that. I just think that, I don't know, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be, yeah, you're right, I don't think he's going to solve, you know, he's going to necessarily play on Buddy every week. Mm. But even if he starts to outmark some of these, like, you know, key tools, that's a huge benefit for Melbourne. Right. You know, because we just need to stop this sort of avalanche of goals from key key tools in every single game without fail. Right. You know, we got demolished by Tex, we got demolished by... um, Ben Brown. Ben Brown, we got demolished by Jared Rutherford. Who else have we gotten demolished by? Tim O'Brien. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> Especially anyone tall. Anyone tall, we yes. just get demolished by because no one can outmark them, particularly right. when Tom McDonald had to go into the forward line. Yeah. 
I think that's right. But I mean, we're stating the obvious when we say we want Lever. Yeah. Let's give, give the fans something else. Classy outside midfielder. I mean, I've loved like a lucky Whitfield We've wanted this for like 20 years. I know, we never get it. <laughs> Since I mean, Travis Johnston, I yeah. feel like we haven't had one. What about Lockie Whitfield would obviously be ideal. I just haven't heard Melbourne be mentioned, associated with him in any way. I don't yeah, know I mean, why. Hawthorne are. Yeah. And I know that St Kilda are, but I haven't heard anything about Melbourne. He seems like he'd be perfect. Though. I just don't know why we're not pursuing any outside mids. Yeah. It seems like all we seem to be focusing on are, like, you know, is Lever and that's it. Yeah, maybe there's stuff happening behind the scenes. But why can't we make things right and get Josh Kelly back to where he belonged? And just give Tyson away. <laughs> <laughs> they can have Tyson in Salem. And Hunt. All of them, really. They can probably have Tyson. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Tyson, Salem and Hunt for Kelly. Would you do it? I don't know. At this stage. <laughs> it's a tough one. I do love Hunt. I love Hunt. Yeah. His kicks inside forward 50 have to improve that this preseason. I think it's pretty clear what he needs to work on. I think he's... Yeah, he had a couple of games late in the season. Yeah, he, he did. Be getting he it. did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kelly would be amazing. It doesn't seem like we're in the, in the I mean, picture. it doesn't seem like... I think it looks like he's just going to stay at GWS anyway. Right. Or go to North for some obscene amount that we can't afford. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. But uh, yeah, maybe there isn't anyone else we can... Well, you want Motlop. I love Motlop. You always want yeah. Motlop. I'm, I'm the opposite of Matthew Lloyd. Uh, every time Matthew Lloyd sees negatives in Motlop every single game. I think he's a gut. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would love to get him. Would you really? You yeah, would I mean, love to get him? He's, he's clearly a downhill skier. We have a terribly mentally weak team. You want to put Motlop in that team? Well, you're not getting Motlop for like grunt and inside toughness. No, that's true. But just to farm it out to him, have someone who can finish. Run, yeah. Like, I've really, I've been watching some of his games for Geelong recently. He's got so much polish. Do you know what? I wouldn't even mind getting Menzel. I mean, it's funny. Like, oh. they, um, Geelong don't seem to be offering him a new contract. Yeah. And just someone who's a good finisher. Well, that's the next thing I was going to ask you. Our forward line has looked very erratic this year. Super erratic. It looked good, weirdly, when Tom McDonald was playing well. Yeah. I mean, Jesse's obviously had, had his issues with injury and everything else. Um, do we need to do something to our forward line? Do we trade Watts? I don't think we need to trade Watts. I just don't think we have enough options on the forward line that are really imposing that we should just trade Watts. I, don't I think feel like we hit this that. permanent point with Watts. Yeah. Where at the end of the season, we're like, oh, Watts had a bit of a frustrating year. But we can't trade him because we need him. But then the next year, he has another frustrating year and he plays some good games and then he gets dropped. Do you think it's time to get rid of Watts? No, I don't because I don't know if we'd get something that's really worth it. I don't think so either. But at the same time, what are we getting out of it? I'm just confused by the Watts deal right now. Mm. Clearly, he's not trusted enough by the team. I mean, I don't know. I think the first half of his season was actually really good. Yeah. And I thought particularly when Gorm went down, I thought he was playing really, really well. Right. You know, and we really needed him. Um, I just think that... You know, I think the reality is, is I think he just got injured, you know, in that Lost Bulldogs confidence. game. Lost confidence, came back and probably wasn't that great. But I don't think that's, you need to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that the whole season was a mess. Yeah, I guess that's right. So is our ideal forward line Hogan, Watts, Pedro, Garlett? Pedro. I mean, with Ped as well, it's a bit top heavy. And then you've got Garlett. Hannon showed a fair bit. Hannon did. Um, but still is a bit patchy as a young player. Neil Bullen. Yeah, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. It's not amazing either, no. is it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we need Hogan to have a huge year next year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so deflated about this I'm list. I'm so deflated <laughs> about this list as well. But anyway. Um, Nate's. The famous Rowan Bale Award. I don't really want to talk about that game, Kieran. No, no. This oh. is not going to be about the game. It's going to be a season award. Okay. For the most underrated player for the season. I think this it has is to prize be award. Jetta. Neville Jetta. Yeah, he did not get an All Australian goal. How is that? Like, how is that possible? Yeah. He just never gets beaten. I think it's very rough. He didn't get get selected. So rough. He was phenomenal every week. He never gets beaten, and he uses the ball well. Right, but I think the Rowan Bale Award is not about being underrated in the competition. Oh my because god! Because Rowan Bale was not just underrated in the competition, but within the club. 
Even within the club, he wasn't Every great. single week, you change the, like, the <laughs> meaning of the Rowan Bailey Award. I think, though, within the club, within the four oh, walls like, of the club. If you say the word Pedersen Bay, if you say, if you say the name Pedersen It, it Bay, has to be Pedersen Bay. It has to be Pedersen. Pedersen came out of nowhere. He, only, he was on the verge of being delisted. He's earned a one-year contract, which is such a Pedersen amount of time, isn't it? It's like, we're not going to give him the security of more than one year. We want you, Pedersen, to be on the edge every single day. Every year. The poor guy can't even feed his family. He's just waiting for another <laughs> one-year contract. It's got to be Pedersen. He just tried his guts oh, out, didn't okay. he? I just will give you this award so we can not talk about Pedersen for another And you have to say, goal of the year. Oh, my Pedersen God. against Brisbane. No, oh. no, honestly, no. Goal of the year. Do you agree? No. What, what about Clary's goal from the boundary line? Have you proposed? <laughs> goal that actually went through the goals of the year was Pedersen. Okay, I don't want to talk about Pedersen anymore. <laughs> Let's just move on. Do you know what? It's, it's just, I'm actually quite excited about the podcast ending for this season because at least we don't have to talk about Pedersen anymore. Well, send us a message if you disagree with me. Because I think there are Pedersen fans everywhere. Do you know Real what? loyal demon fans. Do you know, i tell you what, though, to our fans. I mean, I feel really bad because... Apparently, people thought that after last week, if we won last week, that you were, we were just going to get engaged. You yeah. were going to propose to coincide with the first time that Melbourne got into the finals since our first day. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait another year to see yeah, what happens. No, to see what happens. Such a shame. We're not going to announce an engagement on the podcast. That'd be weird, right? Would it? Yeah. Okay. Mm. We're not engaged, everyone. Um, thank you all, finally, at the end of this, for supporting Deluded this year. Uh, we've had over 2,500 listeners, which isn't bad. That's awesome. Yeah. Particularly given that we re-listened to our first podcast and it was like incredibly <laughs> it was awkward. so bad. And so bad. So we like really... For those of you who listened to that first couple of minutes of our first podcast oh, we and sucked. made it through. You're either very generous <laughs> or you have no taste. We scripted it. You scripted it. I know. I spent hours working on it. It was shocking. It was shocking. I can't believe you spent hours working on that average material. I know. I know. Look how far we've come. I know. So thank you, everyone, for listening, despite the horribleness of the first uh, minute of the first episode. And we know it's a saturated Demons podcast market. Yeah. There's actually four rival podcasts. Details. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't say that. Details, the Debrief, the D's podcast. They're all probably a lot better than us. Uh, maybe, maybe. But there are rivals, mates. And next year, we're going to run them down. So for all of you who've liked Deluded, please share it. Please pass it on. We'll be back next season. Um, though we hate the D's right now, we're going to be back and ready to buy all the preseason spin about how the boys have been training the house down, Hogan's ready to go, Gorn's ready to recapture his form. It's all going to happen again, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. And we'll end with another disappointing loss. <laughs> Anitz, take us out. This is horrible. <laughs> this is your line. This is only because you insisted on there being some terrible pun to conclude the podcast season. <laughs> I think the fans have liked the puns. Okay, please. The game was indefensible, oh, was ludicrous, predictable. a disaster, <laughs> predictable. Um, on debrink. <laughs> oh, these were terrible. We really should have spent more time thinking about funnier things to say. Uh, okay, so everyone, I'm very sorry for this, but in the end, it wasn't meant to D. <laughs> Go D's and we'll see you next season. Go D's. <laughs>